Hello and welcome again. Hello, everyone. How was your week? Crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I expected a response. Right, yeah. Are we waiting for an answer here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll hear it and then I'm going to be very scared. <laughs> if I start hearing voices, more voices than I already hear. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we just can get into it. <laughs> so Diane and I both blazed first. Yes. I was gonna I was actually you beat me to it because I'm very slow when I do. I was in extreme pain. I had to go get some neck injections yesterday. And I'll talk about that after, but I'm usually in pain and just ugh, for the next few days and Chantal blazed and I was like, Well, I wanna now. So I did and now I feel great. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. I told her I was pleasantly toasted. Yeah, I'm very pleasantly like, toasted right vape. now. My face is tingling. Right? It's great. Mm-hmm. I feel nice. Yeah, me too. That's a good place. And I'm drinking wine because that's always going to be the case. <laughs> you remind me of Julian from Trailer Park Boys. He's always got a highball. He always oh, yeah. has a highball in his hand. Oh, yeah, Julian, like, you never see him without a drink in his hand. Tits out? No, oh, I'm What? <laughs> is it the naked guy? No. <laughs> or the, the no, one that thought it was Randy. Shirt? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what are you fucking talking about <laughs> i'm talking about a guy who's constantly holding a drink and you're like tits out yeah i'm like her no that always has this top no you don't. <laughs> fuck you perv no julian wears a black t-shirt and that you're talking about randy oh, okay yeah well. but anyways yeah you're like the female version of julian sure <laughs> I'm going to tell Jamie about that. He'll laugh because he, we both love Trailer Park Boys. Shout I, out to Trailer Park Boys. I can never get into it. There's funny parts oh, of it. So I could just never funny. get it. You know, I will give it another chance yeah. at some point because your taste and humor changes. Yeah. What you found utterly dumb and stupid is like freaking hilarious now. Because I know I've said things I find funny. Other people look at me and I'm like, well, you're missing out. Yeah. And they just don't get it. Or things there's like, you know, things you used to find funny. Now you're like, what the fuck? That wasn't that funny. Yeah, that wasn't that funny. It was like people you were attracted to. You found them so hot. You look back and you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> whoa. What the fuck was I thinking? Right? You just took the words right out of my mouth. It's, it's kind of like that. Yep. <laughs> and then the shit you put up, those people, too, you're like, what the fuck? fuck was i thinking yeah why did i put up with that like, but you just he wasn't even hot no i know and then you're even madder at yourself. i know like, at least if you're putting up with it and they're hot you're like fine yeah i get it but if they're not and you put up with it you're just confused because like, right that's just not okay you've got to be getting some kind of reward you have to be reaping some benefit some from the situation benefits. i mean like good dick or something something it's not okay obviously obviously but okay what track were we on what do you mean? What were we talking about? What were about? we talking about? So my train of thought keeps four by fouring. It's okay. So yeah, I went to the pain clinic on Tuesday. No, Wednesday. Yesterday. Today's Thursday. Yeah, it was yesterday. So yesterday. And I have to go there every... Depends. Usually it's the third or fourth month I'm back to get these injections. And I have severe chronic pain, which I know a lot of people will understand. Had a car accident. I was sitting at a red light and a transport truck decided not to stop. So he plowed me through the light josh luckily was in the front seat with me because if he had been in the back seat he would have died he would have been decapitated the way the back came in it was a dodge caliber so anyway it was kind of nuts so since then i am getting every kind of treatment you can imagine i'm in constant pain 
And I started getting these injections in my neck. So I get four needles on each side of my neck that goes into between your vertebrae and they just inject stuff and try and numb it. It's painful, extremely painful. Some appointments are slightly easier than others. I now get injections in my lower back as well for injuries to my lower back and my tailbone. So I'm usually out for a few days after that appointment. My body's just just done. But I was in so much pain this appointment that my doctor actually stopped. He injected, he did my uh, one side, he did four injections in one side and three in the other and he stopped. I was in so much pain, I started convulsing and like I couldn't stop crying. And of course it's dangerous because he's going so deep into your neck. So I'm going back on Tuesday to get the rest of it done and my lower back. And we are probably going to increase the frequency of my visits. So... It's nice to not be in pain, and right now, my body is tingling, and I feel warm a little bit. Not uncomfortably warm, like not menopause, like I'm going to throw myself off a bridge warm. I just feel very nice. And he did ask me to wait at least two, three weeks before my next one, but I was like, "Mm mm-mm, it's happening next week. I do have some of the numbing up here, some of the numbing effects, which is great, but my lower back is, it's throwing my whole body off. Yeah. Because I'm relaxed up here, but not down here. Yeah, chronic pain. That pain clinic that Diana goes to, I'm supposed to be going to it as well. Ever since my most recent accident when I got rear-ended in my truck in 2020. I used to have a 2003 Chevy Silverado and I love that truck so much and I got written off. The entire frame got bent and the cab was buckled and the doors didn't close properly after that and it really sucks. I miss that truck a lot. I know you do. Yeah, I loved that truck so much. And then like an idiot... When I brought it into Mervyn's Body Shop, yeah. I dropped it off and I just put gas in it without even thinking about it. I put $50 worth of gas in it. Yeah. I didn't take my stereo out of it. I didn't take the foot rails off like I wanted to. Yeah. I left $13 worth of change in it. <laughs> and then when they finally were like, okay, yeah, so if you want it written off, we'll write it off. You can go through ICBC and get paid out for it. And then I went to it and got a bunch of stuff out of it that I had left in. For some reason, forgot about all my change because it was in the ashtray, right? Because, yeah, like, yeah. Not, sm- not being a smoker, not smoking the vehicle, all my change just goes in the ashtray. Yeah. I had so much in there and for just so stupid that I didn't think about it. And, yeah, I didn't take my stereo out before dropping my truck off. I know. To this day, when I think about that and then $50 worth of gas in it, yeah. I'm like, you idiot. Like, you are an idiot. I was going to comment on the gas thing because it's so common for people that are returning vehicles or whatever. Sort of like when I return my lease, for example. It's happened every fucking single time. I swear my brain is sabotaging my wallet because (laughs) I go, I'm doing errands generally that day. Like, anytime I have to bring in my vehicle and get the new one, I'll do errands for the day, whatever, fill up my tank, and then go to get my new vehicle. And I've got a full tank of fucking gas in my truck. And I said it to my salesman. He goes, he goes, 99% of the people do that without thinking. So luckily they filled my tank in my yeah. new truck up for me because I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like willing to siphon it out. <laughs> Enough about that. What else? Cannabis is pretty amazing. Yeah. So when she was over last, which was what, last weekend? Last weekend. Yep. Yeah. After I had finished spending three and a half days at her house, then yep. she came over to my place. Yep. So it's, at one point, we were on the sun deck for yep. mo- pretty much all of it. We were sitting outside. Yeah. And then, and like normal, I can't sit still. And Diana was sitting down and then eventually she was like, I just, I, I need to be vertical. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. she went to bed. <laughs> well, because I was sitting on that chair, the lawn chair, and I was completely melted into it. Yeah. Watching you walk around hurt my neck. Maybe that's why my neck hurts Maybe. so bad. It was that. <laughs> Me not being able to sit the fuck down. And I was just like, 
oh, this is so great. And I was like, I just need to be like flat, I think is what I said. Yeah, yeah, I think you said flat. And it felt great when I laid down and I was completely flat. So then Diana was laying in bed and we were, and I was still in the sun deck. I stayed on the sun deck for, I don't know, another hour and a bit. To, and then I went to bed yeah, yeah. and um, we were sending each other memes and stuff <laughs> and previous conversations between her and I and my sister. And Diana's friends with my sister too. Shout out to Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Alicia. We were sharing yes, yeah, swap and shit like that. We were both just dying. I was laughing so fucking So hard. was I. I was crying. It was going into my ears because I couldn't get my head up. <laughs> So I was like laughing so hard, I was crying, and it was just like tears just coming down my face into my ears. But I couldn't move. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I could, but it just felt wrong. But yeah, I laughed so fucking hard, my stomach hurt the next morning. Right? Oh, yeah, my stomach hurt when I was in the sun deck laughing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the very next day, you came back to my house. Yeah. <laughs> and stayed for how many days? Two? Yeah. Or something? My internet's been down, okay? Like, yes. this is... I mean, we spend a lot of the time... We spend a lot of time together as it is. Yes. We are conjoined at the hip. Yes. But I have been here a copious amount over the last two weeks because our fucking internet has been down. We have satellite internet. Yeah. And I am not going to get into it. And this podcast is like a full-time job. Yeah. Full-time job. And with me not actually working my technical full-time job where I'm getting paid for... Yeah, I'm doing podcast stuff and I need internet. So yep. I've been at Diana's nonstop with work stuff and all that. So that's why we've been more so. Yeah, more it's, so now. It's generally not. Not the, like, to this degree. No, it's not to this no. degree. But it's just funny when you said that. I was like, okay, I'm leaving on Sunday. And you're like, yeah, well, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, oh shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I will. Yeah, hopefully they'll fix your fucking internet because you can't research. You can't. Nope. Like, I know Cecily, poor thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cecily's bored out of her court. Bored out of her freaking mind not having yeah. the internet for TV purposes. So, yeah, she, she's come here a few times and literally lived in my living room. Yeah. I taught her how to use the Google remote control and pff, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> she was searching up her YouTube shit. But it's great. Like I said, that she like I showed her how to use the remote, and yeah. it's a 65-inch TV. So she's got that TV with all her YouTube and all of whatever. Like, at least it entertained her for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that's like a theater screen for her. Yeah, hopefully you get your internet back. I mean, I'm not hating having you here, obviously, but I know your family misses you. I know, right? Because I was like, I I'll totally come to you. And it's like, but I can't. There's no internet. There's no internet, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I miss my family too. I feel like I'm never home right now. I know. Or if I am, it's just for a blip. Yeah. I got home yesterday morning from Diana's place. Yeah. I was here yesterday. <laughs> I got home yesterday morning. Yeah. Was there obviously for the rest of the day and then today, which was nice too. And then I did like as much housework as I could with a broken foot. And then Jamie got home and I bounced. Yeah. And I'm back again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I yep. wonder if there was any break in between the last two weeks. I don't know if there has been. I don't think there has been. I don't been. think there has been. I think it's been bouncing between your house and mine. But then we did say to each other, was it yesterday? Some people you love, absolutely love, but you need them to go away. I don't feel like that with you. Neither do I. It's the weirdest thing. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know. And I'm going to call the company again tomorrow and get them to knock more money off our bill. I can't live without the internet. How did we do it before? I, know, I mean, right? I've lived life without the internet. Me too. <laughs> and without cell phones. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> but you don't know how you survive. I know I've talked to a lot of people like that, and I just don't know. I can't. I, I couldn't survive. 
Well, also you work from home. I work from home. Yes. Yeah, so there's that side of it. I work from home. Yeah. So, so you have to have I it. I have to have it. But then even when I don't, I stream everything. So yeah, the internet is huge for me. Don't ever get satellite. It's fucking bullshit. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about quickly me going to the hospital? Us going to the hospital. When was it? Tuesday. Yep. I went to the hospital with Diana and Cecily, my oldest daughter. So I had to go see my orthopedic surgeon, which I was very pleased to finally have that appointment because that means that my case and everything is progressing with yeah. with WorkSafe BC and I'm that much closer to going back to work. Yeah, she was super nice. I was going to say like the nicest fucking doctor. Yeah, ever. she was amazing. Such a nice lady. Super down to earth. Yeah, she was wonderful. I got some really good pictures of my foot, like the x-ray pictures. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and But that doesn't really mean anything. That's like the latter of this <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there it's not the point of this i didn't have any toe polish on that day and about 15 people walked by <coughs> excuse me we found two different washrooms on that floor in the i'm kidding <laughs> oh i love you i love you too i love you more <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> Oh, you're hilarious. So yeah, the orthopedic surgeon was super nice. She was wonderful. And she told me that this fracture that I got, which is kind of different than what the doctor in minor treatments told me, but she told me that this fracture takes months and months to heal, quote Mm -hmm. unquote. And then I had a feeling of devastation because then I thought I was going to be off work for months and months. I saw the look on your face when she said it and I was like, no. Yeah, then I basically immediately, fall, like, following that, brought up work. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be off work for months and months, am I? And then she said something. I think she said, like, I should be off for another five or six weeks. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. Well, she basically asked you what you did. But then, first. yeah, she yeah, did. After she that, was... she asked what I do for it work. Oh, was it after? Okay. It was after because she did remember. say you should be off for another five or six weeks, she said. Oh, that's and what I And I was mean. like, no, 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 no. Because I think the amount of time you'd need to be off work depended on... Yeah, what like I you were doing. For, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. So with what you do, it was like two weeks to a month or yeah. more. But you've already been off for a week and a half. So an additional yeah. two weeks, it'll be almost a month. What is it so, today? Friday? Uh, no, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Sorry, did I interrupt you? No. Okay. So yeah, this Saturday will be two weeks. There you go. Yeah. So exactly. So it'll be almost a month by the time you actually go to work yeah. that you've been healing. Yep. Or whatever, trying to anyway. Yeah, it'll be just shy of a month because, yeah, so yeah. she asked what I do for work and I told her construction. And so she's like, okay, well, obviously you have to wear steel toed boots. I was like, yeah, like I, I can't go back to work until I can wear steel toed boots full time and stuff without a brace or this robo boot. Something. Bullshit. Yeah. 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 Oh, and the staff enjoyed commenting on how old my robo boot is because it's from like 2012 and it's for a left foot. <laughs> Yep. Because <laughs> that's the fine. ankle that I sprained when I got it. What, <laughs> sorry? I think it's fine. I think, yeah, honestly, it does the job. It's the way the Velcro goes. That's why it's like right foot, left foot. The foot part does curve a little a bit. A little bit. It a doesn't little bit, look but like much. I know, but it doesn't look like much for sure. No. Like, absolutely, I agree with you. It's yeah. like just the slightest curve. You're like, okay, that's, yeah, that's like a left boot, but you can what barely abs. tell. What abs. What abs. It does the job. So, yeah, so she told me that it kind of works to my favor working in construction wearing steel-toed boots because it'll act as a brace, almost like my robo-boot, because they're such thick shoes and stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. she said, if you can handle standing on your feet in steel-toes and Mm -hmm. everything, and if you feel safe, like, 
your foot's secure enough like that. She said, let's shoot for two weeks. Yeah. So she marked it for July 18th, which was a Monday. So I plan on going back to work unless something happens and, like, I take a turn for the worse. I'm going back to work on July 18th. So what I think should happen <clears throat> that day is we cover you in bubble wrap <laughs> for the day. Maybe, I agree. Maybe two days and not let you do anything except eat and poop and drink and, and <laughs> pee and stuff like that. That's it. And then we'll drop you off, undo the bubble wrap, and there you go. <laughs> I think we should do that, Jamie and I. <laughs> I think he would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think some of my friends would too, for sure. I think that's what needs to happen. One of my friends asked me how, how I was managing with driving, and he said he said something like about taking the boot off. I was like, no, 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 I keep it on while I'm driving. He was like, oh, my God. Like, how can you drive like that? You have to. If you took it off, I can't even imagine. If I had to stomp on the brakes. That's what I mean. Yeah, there's no way. Oh, I'd we, be screaming. We, you would, I was like, we would be, <laughs> you would be. Yeah. Another like thing maybe you were going to talk about, but I don't want to forget is how she explained that bone actually broke. Oh yeah. Like that oh my is God, so it was crazy. important. Yeah. It was so crazy. Okay. So attached to this joint is a tendon and the tendon runs up your ankle. And so when you create this level of trauma to your foot that causes the pseudo Jones fracture, the one I have, what happens is the tendon tightens and like snaps up so hard that it fractures the bone. Yep. It the takes a piece tendon. of the bone with it. <laughs> yeah. The tendon breaks the bone. Yeah. From tightening so hard. Oh my, that's great. So it's just like self-sabotage. Totally. 101. It's the weirdest thing. I didn't realize that could even happen. I mean, it makes Me neither. sense. It makes total sense. But it's just not one of those things you think about. No, absolutely not. Speaking of which, my foot's starting to really bug me. I got to stick my foot out. That's better. But yeah, when oh. she said that, I was just like, what? Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, well, yeah, that sucks. So your body literally broke your foot. Yeah, my body broke <laughs> my foot, literally. And that stupid bullshit parking stall. Yeah, well, I mean... But I know what you mean. What I mean yeah, is, yeah, yeah I if you had just yeah, fallen and mean. the tenant didn't do that, you would have yeah. banged up your knee like you did, but it would have just sucked and you'd been dirty and, like, and yeah, whatever. Sprained my foot really bad. Yeah, exa yeah exactly. Yeah. But no, this went, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if the tendon had snapped too? No. Fuck. No. No, 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 no. Right? You would have passed out. Probably. I think from the pain. Probably. I think you would have. I yeah. thought I was going to pass out when I tore and fractured my ankle in September. That was the worst injury I've ever, like, pain-wise. Yeah. The worst one I've ever had. I would have, I would take labor, no epidural, than to experience that yeah. pain again of tearing and fracturing my ankle. I tore that in my ankle, and I passed out and woke up covered in vomit. I must have obviously puked. Like, it was that painful, I'm guessing. My body was like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah, I passed out. When uh, was, I was that? about seven, eight years old. Wow. I was young. I slipped on ice in front of my school, and then I was off school for a couple of months. Ouch. Yeah, it totally sucked. But yeah, Ow, I, I Irwin, tore it. Ow, what the fuck? Irwin just walked up to Chantal and smacked her. Oh, and his <laughs> nails got stuck in my yoga pants. I know, sorry. You he's, little fucker. He's the only one I can't clip his nails. I have had so many cats oh, in my life. We keep oh. meaning to do that. What? Clip his nails. I clip his nails, yeah. I yeah, need go help. Ahead. Unfortunately, I need help with them. So Irwin, hey. I've had many cats in my life, and I can clip all of them on my own. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to learn how to do it with some of them, like Six Pack, for example. Yes, I had a cat named Six Pack. Amazing. <laughs> six Pack. And it was like six letters. The, le number, the six number six and then Pack. Because when they told me his name, because they didn't have it on his cage. I was at the Toronto Humane Society at the time. They didn't have his... He was the only 
cat that didn't have a name on his cage. So I remember asking them, and they were like, well, his name is Six Pack. I was like, pardon me, come again, what? Yeah. But- <laughs> and then they said it, and they were like, that, that's why we don't have the name on his cage. And it had been his name, and everyone's probably thinking, well, he could just change his name as a cat. He was over 14 years yeah, old. Yeah, there's no way you're changing that That was that his name. name his whole life. Yeah. His owner basically passed away. Yeah. And he was a, an old cat. So over 14. And he was the most alley-looking cat. Like, he looked like an alley cat. Just scraggly alley cat. And he sounded <laughs> like one. He was the best fucking cat on the face of the earth. I fucking miss him and love him so much. But, yeah. When I used to call him, come here, six-pack. Come here. Six-pack. I used to think my neighbors must, <laughs> must think, what the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> Crazy woman. I'm calling my six-pack. Calling out for her six-pack. Yeah, it was so funny. But after a while, I would just say his name. And it, it, like, it was just his name. And yeah. I would have that re- reaction from people. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, his name. Yeah. He hated getting his nails clipped. And I would basically wait until he was completely out, like passed out, like sleeping. You know, when they start twitching and yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, Then I start clipping his nails. By the time he came to, I was on his last paw. And then he was like, what the uh, fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, seriously. It was the only way I could clip his nails. I had to wait until he started twitching in his sleep. <laughs> Knew he was completely out. Then start clipping his nails. Because he would bite. He would scratch. He would fight. So with him, I learned that. I've tried everything with Irwin. Nothing. Nothing works for him except for completely wrapping him up normally josh helps me with it and he he comes out of it completely covered in like scratches and blood sorry josh but he will completely cover him in a blanket like completely so you can't see a cat and then pull out a paw yeah one paw at a time i've done it with her too yes one paw at a time that's it because he will bite you yeah one time josh had him but Irwin got his head on and he bit me so fucking hard that I was like I started bleeding and a cat bite doesn't feel nice by no, the way no I got bit from Marlo so bad in my finger oh, once shit. like whole and it got infected like she, oh. one, of her te- one of her canine teeth went right into my finger yeah oh my god it hurt so fucking bad well because they're sharp and yeah. he got me right here I don't even know between the thumb and the yeah, index like, finger right here, yeah he, I, I had four holes in oh. my hand and then covered in scratches and stuff and it's just him trying to get out of it because he's normally a super loving asshole kind of cat (laughs) comes up and just smacks (laughs) me in the leg just smack you smack i love you and i know you're there chantal yeah right except his nails got stuck in exactly (laughs) so yeah unfortunately i cannot i've tried the doing it when he's sleeping like it did with six pack does not work i might die that day i lose an eye something so unfortunately, yeah, I need help with his yeah. nails, but everyone, I've, all of the other ones I can do, yeah. they fight me and they let me know they're not happy, but they don't bite. Erwin is the first cat in all of the years of me rescuing cats that I have not been able to clip on my own. So I just leave them. And then, yeah, they're fucking talons. Yeah. Yeah. His nails are really sharp. Yeah. Really sharp. Yeah. So maybe we can do that soon. Yeah. It's horrible because he catches me all the time too, because he's always on me. And then if he, like, jumps off me because he's startled by something, I'm, I, all my shirts, T-shirts and stuff have holes in them. Because then you wash them and then the holes get bigger because of his, his claws. Yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Fucking oh. freezing in your office. I was, like, so warm. I was like, oh, oh, I need to open the window. But it's warm outside, too. So that's why I gave you my wrap. Yeah, thank you. I was so just going to say Diana gave me her shawl to wear. Yeah. Because it's fucking freezing in her office. It's like the North Pole. It's not, but... Yeah, it is. And it's the most beautiful. You have menopause. You're not a good benchmark. That's true. It's okay. I'll take that. <laughs> Fine. I'll take it. <laughs> what were you going to say, though? 
I don't know. Oh, I was just going to comment on the shawl. I got it at a native it's shop. so beautiful. Down the street from my house. And it's two different shades. Like, it's a, like a lilac. May, maybe not lilac, but a light purple and I then like a lilac. mauve purple. Yeah. And it's all native symbols. It's just stunning. It's, it's such a beautiful... And it feels so it's nice. It's so soft. It's so soft. I can't stop, like... I know, right? It. It's That's so... That's what she said. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's so rubbing soft. It. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, so soft. soft. But you don't want... The guy doesn't want to hear that when she's rubbing it. It's so soft. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine saying that? Yeah. I, I can imagine the look on their face. Yeah, it, uh, what? <laughs> like the look of confusion when they realize what she said. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's not what she said, That's or at not least what not said. what he wanted her no, to, to say. say. No, no, not at all. No, but yeah, this I'm glad. It's so beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. I'm so happy yeah. I bought it. And I got a bunch of things that day, actually, when I went in. I spent like almost $300 on native stuff. I got a glass of wine, or like a glass <laughs> for wine, I should say. A wine glass. <laughs> a wine glass. Thank you. <laughs> I got a glass of wine. <laughs> You're hilarious. That's that's what I got, which Chantal said. I got a t-shirt, which I absolutely love. It's pink, and it's got the design on it. It's fucking beautiful. And I know Cecily has something with the same design yeah, on it. Yeah, dragon, or it's a butterfly. It's a butterfly, yeah. yeah butterfly. beautiful. I got a, well, the shawl Chantal's wearing, and then I mm. got a travel bag kind of thing. Like, it's small. But yeah, then you it's, so, put, it's so pretty. It's very pretty. A same design as my t-shirt, actually. And there were other things I wanted, and I was like, nope, I got to put some away. <laughs> I can't. No. Stop. I have to stop. This is so pretty. It's very pretty, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a gorgeous color on you, too, eh? Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. I, I didn't really think the purple was ever my color. Like, that fucking purple bridesmaid's dress I wore, I looked like a goddamn eggplant in it. <laughs> I know you keep saying that, but I, you looked great. No. Yes. No. Yes. Nope. Yep. You're lying. Oh, You're yeah. allowed to be wrong. So are you. <laughs> Touche. You're welcome. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I still look like an eggplant. No, she looks like a beautiful woman in a purple dress. No. Yep. Nope. Yep. Oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Fine. Cecily said the funniest thing to me this week. When I took Chantel to the hospital, I was feeling nauseous just because it was so warm in there. And heat makes it worse, obviously, but it makes me nauseous when I'm really, really hot. So Chantal was done and we left her in her wheelchair so I can go pick up my truck. And Cecily came with me and we got into the truck and I had to jump out and throw up. It was so warm. And she's like, are you are you OK, Auntie Dan? I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, you just threw up. I was like, yeah. She's like, are you that hot? And I was like, yep. Then... Before we got home, we stopped off at Shoppers. Same thing happened. So later that evening, I was letting the dogs out and she came out with me. (laughs) And very seriously, she looked at me and she said, Auntie Danny, are you ever going to be cold? (laughs) That's my kid. That's my girl. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. And she's like being so serious. And I said, Mouse, I am cold sometimes. Like, it's not like I'm this all the time. But I said, fair question. Yeah. But it was just the cutest thing. Auntie Danny, are you ever going to be cold? That's so funny. (laughs) She is very aware that I'm always hot. And at your house and like, or even here, it's, it is a, I, I usually have it at about 19 degrees in here, 19 to 20 degrees, only because I don't want everyone else and including the animals to freeze in my house or else it'd be colder. Seriously, I'm not joking. No, I believe it. I believe it completely. In the winter, my house, and unless it's like super cold outside and I'm afraid that my pipes are going to (laughs) freeze, usually I have it about 15, 16 degrees in the house at night. 
in the winter. But when I have guests over, I usually turn it up. Like when you come over, I'm like, oh, fine, I'll turn it up to 18. That's oh. that's all I can do. But then I gave you the space heater. Yeah. Oh, it's room. so nice. Yeah. When you give me the space heater, <laughs> otherwise I fucking freeze. I know. I'm like, here's the space heater because at least then your room is warm. Yeah. And if we're in a space, then I'll bring the. But I just can't have it all. Yeah, what? in the entire house. Oh, yeah. fuck that shit. So Her house I have is it so cold, cold in the winter. This will eventually pass. Yeah, I hope at least. I hope so too. But it was so funny when she said that. That's funny. Yep. Will you ever be cold? Will you ever be cold, Auntie Danny? So funny. I hope so, Mouse. I hope so. I hope. And then, I, oh yeah, I said this to you after. I was like, I hope I'm still alive when she hits menopause. <laughs> So I can remind her of what she said to me. Right. Not that I'll fucking remember, but like, it would just be great to be like, do you remember when? You might remember. <laughs> I might. Yeah. <laughs> you might remember. I know, but. I, I feel like you'd probably be alive. All right. We are going to get into our stories now. And you went first last yeah, week, Yeah, you right? go ahead. Okay. So we are going to do that <laughs> just because the rock, paper, scissors thing sucks because I suck at it apparently. I always win and so that's I why know, yeah i suck yeah because i don't <laughs> well no i just i just keep winning and i don't want to always go first so yeah yeah unless we can come up with some other creative way to do it but for now yeah this is just the way it's gonna be this shawl is keeping me so warm i'm so happy it's so nice it's so pretty and it's super like i love the fabric oh my god the f- it's so soft oh the other thing it's i should beautiful. say the other thing i should say about the shawls there is they actually had another one that i wanted yeah i love the colors like teal green blue oh yeah it's like teal. one of my fi- okay so yeah teal my so living pretty. room is that vibrant blue like yeah. i love colors like that and i love them when they're mixed with brown yeah it's well my wash them upstairs like it's been the same color forever, but I absolutely love it. And then the pictures I have up there, it's got the brown yeah. with the that color. Anyway, yeah, they had a shawl like that, but it was like winter shawl. Yeah, and I was like, I don't even know if I would wear that in the winter. And even in the winter, <laughs> yeah, you but didn't it was even need a winter gorgeous. jacket. Gorgeous, <laughs> it was gorgeous. Yeah, I don't, I haven't had a winter jacket in a very long time. I don't need it. I usually use a shawl or something yeah. like that, like a wrap. Anyway, it was so beautiful. The pattern, the colors were gorgeous. The material was just like no. Yeah. So that one was, that one was good. Cause I can, it, again, it's light enough. Eventually I want to get one of these. So yeah, I'm going to go first this week and I can't wait to tell you my story. I can't wait to hear. I have heard the story so many times. It's just so kind of cool that I'm getting to retell some of the stories that I've loved for so long. So this is one of them. So episode six, I decided to be like you and actually give it a title. Okay, and I did it this time. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I didn't title my story this time. I did. Or we'll name it, but yeah, go ahead. Let's hear it. Finally together again. Oh, I love it. So I will tell you what it, it's about. So it's about the famous <laughs> Papin sisters, Papin. It, they're French. Okay. So P-A-P-I-N, I'm going to call them Papin. I know that's not the right pronunciation, nope. but that's what I'm going to call it. My sources for the week, and I forgot to cite my sources last week, and they're basically in the exact same three sources from this week, so I'm just going to name them. So Wikipedia, allthatsinteresting.com, and murderpedia.org. The sisters were born in Le Mans, France, so M-N-A-N-S. I know I'm going to butcher all the French names, all of them. So just warning everyone, that's going to be triggered by me. Oh, I guess I should give triggers. Yeah, trigger Trigger warnings. Okay. So triggers, horrible mother of the year, murder, gruesome murder, slavery, and that's it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
And if I miss anything, I'm so sorry. But you guys have heard most of my stories. This one is probably one of the most not gruesome ones. <laughs> really? Although it's, although it's not great. Yeah. But it's it's one of the lighter ones, I suppose. Yeah. But here we go. All right, let's hear it. The sisters were born in Le Mans, France to Clem- Clemence Derry. D-E-R-R-E. I'm going to say Derry. D-E-R-R-E? Yeah. Der. Der. See? I can do that, but I don't want to do that. All. It's like even with Portuguese words when I was, I was like, I can't do this all night. So, der. <laughs> and Gustav. Der. Poppin. Popping? Pop. Poppin. 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 So him. <laughs> so him. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> well, if oh, I can't make you laugh shit. when I tell you these girls' stories, I'm right. doing my job wrong. Right. And I hope everyone else can at least laugh a little bit. Poppin'. 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 Him. Poppin'. That guy. Their family was described as a troubled family. While Clemence was dating Gustav, there was a rumor that she was having an affair with her boss. She became pregnant, and Gustav married her immediately, despite the rumors, because that's what you do. He was ashamed. She had her first daughter, Amelia, five months later. Gustav believed that his wife was still having an affair and decided to find a new job in a different city to get her away from her boss. Apparently, she told him that she would rather kill herself than move away. (laughs) So, he was giving her a good D, I guess. I don't know. Must have been. Must have been. Or at least you hope. Get it, girl. (laughs) She'd rather just fucking die. Anyway. The marriage had already started on the wrong foot and continued to deteriorate. This led Gustav to a lot of drinking. Christine Pappen, and again, that's what I am so saying the rest of the episode, so just deal with it, okay? Okay, what do you want me to say? What do, what do you want me to call it? And I'll try and remember. Is it P-A-P-I-N? Yes. So it would just be pronounced Pepin. Okay. Christine Pappin, the <laughs> oldest of the two Pappin sisters. <laughs> See, now you're going to laugh the whole time I say that. You don't even have to do it. You don't have to do it. <clears throat> I'm going to try and remember. I probably will forget. That's so, fine. Okay. So the oldest of the two Papine sisters, the story is about, was born on March 8th of 1905. Her mother was not a good mother. She was very neglectful and had zero interest in being a mother. Christine was given to her paternal aunt and uncle soon after her birth. She was very happy living with them for the first seven years of her life. Leah, the second sister the story is about, was born on September 15th of 1911 and given to her maternal uncle until he died. Who the fuck just hands her kids off? Here. Right? Here you go. When Amelia, so her oldest, was about nine or ten years old, it's alleged that her father Gustav raped her. Her mother, Clemence, said that Amelia had seduced her father and shipped the poor thing off to a Catholic orphanage which had a horrible reputation and was extremely brutal to the orphans with beatings and all this other good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say because they have such a stellar track record. Yeah. So Fuck. the nine or ten year old <clears throat> seduced him and she suffered. Oh my suffered. God. Exactly. Not long after she was sent to the orphanage, her sisters Christine and Leah were sent to the same orphanage. Their mother said that they would stay there until they were 15 and could find work. Clemence and Gustav eventually got a divorce. That that was it. The end of their story. Just boom, divorce. Wow. Bye. (laughs) 
When Amelia was about 16 years old, she decided to become a nun and enter a convent, ending her relationship with her family. That's literally all I could find on Amelia. Mm -hmm. But that was it. She basically went to a convent, lived there, and passed away. Wow. At the convent. Done. She fared off better, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) In a lot of ways. Which is sad. Just to think about that. That's sad. It's beyond sad. Right? Christine wanted to follow in her sister's footsteps and become a nun, but her fabulously amazing mother, Clemence, forbade it and found her a job instead. Christine had learned a number of household duties, and this helped her when she became a living mate. She was a very hard worker and a good cook, but was apparently a little insubordinate shit at times. (laughs) Good Good for for her! her. We think alike. Fuck yeah, we actually do. actually kind of scary sometimes. Right? <laughs> Just totally, totally in stereo. Totally. Yep. Her sister Leia was very quiet and an introvert. She was very obedient and not as smart as her older sister, Christine. Employers were quite happy with the sisters and their work. However, their mother was not satisfied with their pay at some of these jobs and would force the girls to find better paying jobs. Hmm. So... Not sure if the mom was getting a cut of their money. Like, like, I couldn't find any information about that, but I'm guessing she did because she popped them out, sent them away, and then put them to work. Probably. And then was mad when they weren't making enough money. So I'm guessing there was some kind of arrangement where she was getting paid. They did work for various families in the city of Lamont and would look for opportunities where they could work together. In 1926, the sisters found a live-in maid's position where they could work together for the Lanceline family. The family consisted of a retired lawyer. His name was Rene Lanceline, his wife, Leonie Lanceline, and their daughter, Genevieve. And I love that. Yeah, Genevieve. Genevieve. They did have an older daughter as well, but she was married and didn't live in the home. So she's not really a part of the story. The Papin sisters considered this job their lives, and they worked hard 14-hour shifts every day. Yikes. Their days off were half a day. What? Yeah. Those were their days off. Oh, my God. Yeah. It said that the family treated the servants well as they ate the same food, lived in a heated room. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So they lived in a heated room. Yay. Good employers there. Right. And were paid the standard wages for the time. The family was the envy of the French upper-class household for having such dedicated and hard-working domestic help. It looked perfect from the outside, but it was far from perfect. Just a small example, they worked for this family for over seven years, and they had never spoken with Rene, the, the man of the wow. house. It wasn't allowed. Why? Because they were women? Because they were the help. Wow. Yeah. So, just one of those things, anyway. Would have sucked to have lived back then. After a few years of the girls working for the family, Leonie became depressed, and she lashed out on the girls daily. She tore them both new assholes and criticized their work. She would do white glove tests on the furniture to make sure it had all been dusted every day that they worked. She became physical and assaulted the girls, would slam the girls' heads up against the walls. Oh, my God. Right? On February 2nd of 1933, Leonie and her daughter were out shopping all day and were supposed to meet Renee, her husband, at Leonie's brother's house for dinner. 
Leone and Genevieve were supposed to go straight to Leone's brother's house for dinner, but returned home instead from shopping and found that there were no lights on in the house. The Papin sisters told Leone that there was a power outage and they couldn't charge their cell phones and the batteries were dead, so they couldn't call her to tell them about the outage. <laughs> Just kidding, obviously. <laughs> Fucking bite me, Diana. Clearly, I was just kidding. It was 1933, people. You're such a shit. I am. Such a brat. I'm sorry, I had to. Fucking brat. (laughs) The look on your face. I need to start recording this shit because the look on your face was just the best. (laughs) Okay, so no cell phones, people, okay? No. They explained that the power outage was caused by Christine when she plugged in a faulty iron that they had picked up earlier from a repair shop. Leone became extremely pissed off and attacked the sisters. Christine lunged at Genevieve and gouged her eyes out. Oh my god! What the fuck? Yeah. This story just dives in. Yeah. Just warning everyone. So how, how did she gouge her eyes out again? With her fingers. With her fingers. She lunged at her and lunged literally... Lunged at Okay, with her... Oh yeah. my god. Then, Leia followed in her sister's footsteps and lunged at Leonia and gouged her eyes out. <laughs> Everybody's just gouging, gouging each other's eyes out. Yeah. Christine grabbed a knife and hammer from the kitchen and brought them upstairs and continued to attack the mother and daughter. One of the sisters grabbed a heavy pewter pitcher and smashed both Lanceline women in the head with the pitcher. At some point, they mutilated the bottom of the victim's thighs and mutilated their genitals. Yeah. And this is why I want to record because of that face you just gave me. <laughs> the Papine sisters did? Did that. They mutilated the mother and daughters. Nether regions. Oh my god. Why? <sighs> just because. <laughs> why not, right? The m- woman was a total fucking bitch to them. So let's fuck up her vagina. I suppose. <laughs> and her daughters just for good measure, I suppose. <laughs> but like, just in case she survives and decides to breed. I don't know. It's pretty fucked up. The authorities estimated that the Papin sisters' attack on the Lanceline women lasted about two hours. Holy. Yep. Later that evening, Rene got home to find all the lights out and just assumed that his wife and daughter had already left for the dinner and went straight there, went straight to his brother-in-law's. He got to the house and was informed that his wife and daughter were not there. He basically... Started getting worried, took his son-in-law and went back to his home between 6.30 and 7.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. They looked around. They couldn't get in. The house was in complete darkness except for the lights in the Papine sisters' room. The front door was bolted shut from the inside, so they could not get in at all. This was not normal for them, obviously. He got extremely worried. Can't find his wife, his daughter. Can't get in his house. So they went to the police to get some help they returned with an officer and that officer climbed a garden wall to get inside once inside he found the two bodies the bodies were so badly beaten and stabbed that they were unrecognizable holy leone's eyes were gouged out and found in her scarf around her neck they found one of genevieve's eyes under her body and the other one at the opposite end of the hallway on the stairs (laughs) what the fuck what they flung that eyeball (laughs) it was brutal (laughs) that is so insane yeah 
The police and everyone else actually assumed that the Papine sisters were also murdered and headed up to their room to find them. Their bedroom door was locked and the girls didn't answer when the officers called out to them and called on their door. So it was locked from the inside again so no one could get in. They had to call a locksmith. Once the door was open, they found the sisters alive in bed together naked. Close by, they found a bloody hammer and hair still on it in a chair. They started to question the girls and they confessed to the murders without hesitation, but said it was done in self-defense. I understand what this woman did to the girls was not good. I get that. But beating and mutilating two bodies for two hours is not self-defense. No, you cannot fucking use that. That's rage. Yeah, that's some sort of psychopath shit. I get it. Like, they had a shitty mother. (laughs) A shitty life. A shitty life. And then this fucking woman that employs them, that beats them. Yeah. So I get it, but it's not self-defense. Let's not fucking kid anybody here. That was rage. 100% rage. Yeah, like, just call it what it is. To gouge their eyes out? Do you know what kind of force and, like, intent that takes? Oh, that's a lot of intent. (laughs) That takes a lot. And then to fling that fucking eyeball across Mm -hmm. the hallway. you, eyeball. (laughs) Right? Launch that shit across. Yeah, so. That was rage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Short stop right there. Short stop. Done. The sisters individually confessed to the murders in order to protect the other. They were separated from each other while in prison. Christine did not do well with not being able to see her sister and started losing her shit. (laughs) Eventually, the prison allowed the sisters to see each other. And Christine threw herself at her sister while unbuttoning her shirt and begging her, quote, please say yes, end quote. It's assumed that they were in an incestuous sexual relationship with each other. It sure fucking sounds like it. Yeah. On July of 1933, Christine lost her shit yet again, had a fit, and tried to gouge her own eyes out. This resulted in them putting her in a straitjacket. She made a statement claiming that the same thing happened the day of the murders. She had a fit, and that is what triggered the murders. Their lawyer pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity on their behalf. The sisters showed signs of mental illness and appeared to be in a daze. The courts arranged for three doctors to conduct psychological evaluations to establish their mental state. In the end, it was decided that they had no mental disorders and were deemed sane and fit to stand the trial. They sound super sane. Especially Christine. She's definitely not the epitome of crazy. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They also concluded that Christine didn't want to have sex with her sister, as suggested earlier, but why would she fucking fling herself at her sister begging her to say yes while taking her shirt off? I mean, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. But they say she's not nuts either, and that's not incestuous. Anyways, during their trial... There was some medical testimony that proved a history of mental illness in the family as her uncle had committed suicide and a cousin was living in an asylum. The psychological community working on the sister's file concluded that the sisters had suffered from shared paranoid disorder, which can happen when a group or a pair of people are secluded from the world. So this is also known as folie deux, shared psychosis, or SDD, which is Shared Delusional Disorder. 
When the trial was done, it took the jurors about 40 minutes to conclude that the Papin sisters were completely guilty of these murders. Christine was the dominant sister in this relationship, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and Leah was the introverted, mousy sister that basically did whatever she wanted, and they yeah. took that into consideration. That she was under the influence of her older sister, and she only got a 10-year sentence. At first, Christine was sentenced to death by beheading, but that later changed to life imprisonment. Christine didn't do well with being separated from her sister. She begged and pleaded to be with her, but they continued to refuse her pleas, and it never happened. She suffered major depression and stopped eating. Once she stopped eating, they committed her to a mental institution with the hope that she would get the help she needed. She continued to refuse to eat because she couldn't see her sister and died on May 18th of 1937 from Kukik She basically wasted away. She died of starvation. Hmm. Crazy. She couldn't see her sister <clears throat> together. So, or Crazy. couldn't see her sister. Leia was released in 1941 after serving eight years of her 10-year sentence for good behavior. She lived in a town called Nantes with her mother. I guess she needed another dominant female because her sister's now gone. So go to the mother that abandoned you. Yeah, right. Logically. Right. She changed her identity and worked as a hotel maid. They say she died in 1982, but there was a French film producer that said he found her living in hospice in 2000 and died in 2001. The woman that was living in hospice that he claims was her had a stroke and wasn't able to speak. So I don't, I'm not quite sure how he. Yeah. The sisters are finally together again. They are buried together in a cemetery, Boutelier in Nantes. This case had a huge impact on the community. Some said that the murders were the result of exploitation of workers. The treatment that they had experienced by this wealthy French family made intellectuals see their case as a symbol for the class struggle. That's my story. Crazy. Well done. Thank you. Crazy Papin sisters. Yeah. Don't treat your employees like shit. Right? You won't get your eyes gouged out. I'm sorry you're depressed. You don't have to smash your head against the wall. Right? What the fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. The iron you own, and this is what basically what it is, the iron. Yeah, yeah was theirs and it was at a repair shop they picked it up and it was faulty still they plugged it in and the fucking power in the house went out so the girls got the beating for it not the guy that was supposed to be fixing it or girl or whoever i'm guessing it was a man probably i'm guessing girls did not work in repair shops back then so he didn't get a beating for it the girls did wasn't (laughs) self-defense they lost their shit clearly yeah they clearly just flew into just a a psychotic break yeah Yeah. 100 percent. yeah mentally snapped yep And the other side of that is, yeah, that family shouldn't have been treating them like garbage. Enough is enough at some point. Yeah. We all have a breaking point. No. Yep. Anyway. Okay, I'll get into my story. Mm -hmm. So I'll cite my sources. Wikipedia, Ranker.com, Quora.com, and AllThat'sInteresting.com. Okay, so trigger warning for rape, gang rape, torture, kidnapping, and captivity, murder. Listener's discretion is strongly advised. So my story, I first confirmed with Diana that she was okay with it or if she was okay with me branching out and writing about a story that was not within North America because that was what we had at first discussed that I would cover stories in North America and she would do Europe. 
but mm-hmm. we're actually going to be readjusting that a bit. So stay tuned. Yes. But anyways, in regards to this, I was like, hey, I really want to write about this story. It's same thing. It's like something that it's a story that's always fascinated me. That's absolutely fucking horrifying. This story took place in, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, so my apologies if I'm not, Ayase, in the Ayase district of Adachi City in Tokyo, Japan. It's about the horrific torture, rape, and murder of 17-year-old Junko Furuta. Okay. Have you heard of it? It sounds familiar, but... We'll see. I'll let you know at the end if, if it is what I'm thinking. Okay. This is one of the most horrific and disturbing crime stories I've ever read. So, Junko Furuta was born on January 18th, 1971 in Misato, Saitama, Japan. Her father's name is Akira Furuta, but apparently no one knows what her mother or older brother's names are. I couldn't find them anywhere. Junko has been described as a very bright woman. She got good grades at Yashio Minami High School, and she dreamed of becoming a singer. Junko also worked part-time at a molding factory during after-school hours. She was pretty straight-laced. She didn't smoke, do drugs, or drink, and she was popular at school. Junko was also known to stand her ground and had a will to live like no other. On November 25th, 1988, at 8.30 p.m., Junko was seen riding her bike home from her shift at the molding factory by Miyano and Minato, who were scouring the streets of Misato. (laughs) I know that sounds funny altogether, (laughs) eh? Miyano and Minato scouring the streets of Misato. (laughs) Yeah looking to commit robbery and rape local women. Miyano and Minato had the entire crime planned out. Minato kicked Furuta off her bike and then bolted from the scene. Miyano, who was connected to the brutal Yakuza gang, then came in and acted like he was sincerely trying to help Junko and offered to escort her home safely. Unfortunately, Junko accepted his offer and was unaware that Miyano was leading her to a nearby warehouse where he brutally raped her and then transported her to a hotel, where he raped her again and threatened to kill her. While still at the hotel, Miyano called Minato and his other accomplices, Joe Ogura and Yasushi Watanabe, and bragged about raping Jonko. Ogura then told Miyano to keep Jonko captive so multiple men could gang rape her. This group of men had a history of sexual assault and had previously held another girl hostage, gang raping her and then releasing her. At approximately 3 a.m. on November 26th, Junko was transported to a park where Minato and Yasushi were waiting for them. Based on a notebook from her backpack, the men found her home address and threatened to kill her family if she attempted to escape. Being overpowered by four men, Junko was taken to a house in the Ayase district of Adachi and was gang raped. This home was owned by Minato's parents and their regular gang activities took place at that residence. On November 27th, Junko's disappearance was reported to police by her parents. However, to discourage officers from digging any further, her captors forced her to call her parents three different times to convince them that she had run off but was safe with friends. Junko was also forced to end the police investigation, and when she was around Shinji's parents, and Shinji is uh, Minato, I, mean, I, I made the mistake partway through this, of switching from last names to first names. Oh, okay, okay. And I try to make a point to only refer to people as their first names. Me too. But I didn't, yeah, but I didn't realize that I did this, so then that's why I was like, ah, shit. So yeah, Shinji, and now I switched to their first names. Yeah. So Shinji is Minato. Okay. So yeah, it's Shinji Minato. 
Okay, so Junko was also forced to end the police investigation, and when she was around Shinji's parents, she was forced to act like his girlfriend. In fact, on the night of November 28th, two other boys were invited over to the Minato's home, like their residence. Their names are Tetsuo Nakumara and Koichi Ihara. All four boys tormented and raped Junko, and her screams woke his parents up. When they questioned their son, he told them nothing was wrong, but they knew better and didn't challenge him. Shinji's parents were so afraid of Hiroshi and the Yakuza that they turned a blind eye to all their gang activities and rapes and the one that had been presently taking place inside their residence to Junko. That particular time that they raped her, she ended up in an unconscious state, staring blankly at the ceiling without blinking. After being held captive for 40 days, it is estimated that Furuta, Junko, was raped more than 500 times by over 100 men and teenage boys, often being raped by 12 men in one day. Ugh. The disgusting men did horrible things to her and forced her to do humiliating and degrading things in front of them. I almost didn't add this in. In fact, I actually typed up that I wasn't going to say it. Then I was like, oh, forget it. I'll just say it. So yeah, she was forced to do humiliating and degrading things in front of them, such as dancing naked and masturbating. Junko was forced to smoke several cigarettes at once and inhale paint thinner. Oh. Hiroshi would frequently burn Junko's legs and arms with lighter fluid. And they raped her with objects as well, including lit matches and a lit and hot light bulb. Junko was left out on the balcony in winter during the night with little to no clothing on her. She was force-fed alcohol, water, and milk, and she became extremely malnourished. Eventually, they just only gave her milk, and that was it. Wow. Yeah, they stopped feeding her. Junko's captors tortured her in other heinous ways as well. Her fingers would get smashed by metal weights. They'd hang her upside down and beat her until blood ran out of her mouth due to internal organ damage. She'd get stomped, and they would physically assault her other ways with pliers. I I really don't want to talk about it. No, because I can only imagine. Yeah, that was something that I was like, I don't even... wait. Like, if, if you listeners want to know, go look it up. Two weeks into being held captive, Junko attempted to use the phone to dial 911. Before she was able to dial, she was caught and severely beaten and set on fire twice. Junko fell into a seizure but survived the trauma. It's been said that her beatings, tortures, and rapes were obviously so horrific that on one occasion, one of her captors told police it took her over an hour to reach the toilet downstairs, and eventually she grew too weak and sick due to her infected burns to reach any washroom and was confined to Shinji's bedroom floor. Due to the extreme violence and brutality inflicted on Junko, she was hardly recognizable and because her body was quite literally rotting due to her infected burns and broken bones that remained untreated, Junko's body began to develop a harsh odor, which caused those... I wrote, I was so mad at this point writing this, I was so mad. (laughs) Which caused those fucking sacks of shit to lose sexual interest in her. And then I said, first of fucking all... This had nothing to do with sex, but everything to do with misogynistic, tiny-dicked bitch boys who hated themselves, yep. were severely fucked up from whatever, but it doesn't matter because they don't deserve oxygen. No. And they hated women and wanted power and control. <laughs> I had to go on off on a bit of a rant. No, At that's this point, fine. like I said, I was typing and I was just like so fucking mad. Yep. All of them deserve to have done to them what they did to Junko and worse. Yep. I agree. So because those pieces of shit lost sexual interest in her, they proceeded to kidnap and hold another 19-year-old woman captive, captive, gang-raping her repeatedly. After Hiroshi lost 
to a game of Mahjong against Jonko on January 3rd, 1989. He decided to take his anger out on her on January 4th and set her on fire with lighter fluid. This would be the umpteenth time Jonko had been burned with lighter fluid by the gang members, but the third time her entire body had been set on fire. The gang members began pouring hot wax on her face, lit two short candles on her eyelids, and forced her to drink her own urine. Jonko attempted to put the fire out, but eventually ended up unresponsive. So she started, like, flailing around the room at one point, yeah. and she actually hit a sound system and knocked herself unconscious. And then the trauma of it all, like, she just, she became unresponsive. How does your body even allow you to go through all that? I know. She'd already been lit on fire twice. That's what I mean. Like In she, one night. Your body, yeah. I, how? Would just give up. I know. I, I would assume... Yeah. And she was tough too. She would beak at them and stuff and she would talk shit to them and say, if you're going to kill me, just fucking do it already. Well, yeah, because at that point, I'm sure she's mad. She just doesn't die. Yeah. Like seriously, at that point. Yeah. You're begging for death. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Why are you still alive? These guys are so fucking twisted. Jesus. Yeah. It's so twisted. The gang members dropped an iron exercise ball onto her stomach. And eventually after being kicked, Jonko fell into a fit of convulsions and eventually died. It's reported that this final beating of Jonko lasted two hours. Because they're all a bunch of cowards and were afraid of being caught by police, they wrapped up Jonko's body into a travel bag and then disposed of it into a 210-liter drum and filled it with concrete. Jonko's body was disposed of in a cement truck in Koto, Tokyo. Finally, on January 23, 1989, Joe Ogura and Hiroshi Miyano were arrested by police for the gang rape of the 19-year-old woman they had kidnapped in December while they still had Jonko, when they lost sexual interest in her. Yeah. Police had began interrogating them on March 29th, and Hiroshi had a hunch that one of the officers knew of his involvement in Jonko's death. So, being the moron he is, he confessed to, on where to find her body, thinking that his pal Joel Ogura had already confessed to the feds about Jonko's death. So not only is he a monster, he's dumb and a horrible criminal. <laughs> Sorry if you all couldn't tell by now, I fucking hate these sad sacks of shit who are being referred to as men. Yep. On March 30th, police located the drum containing Jonko's body encased in hardened cement. On April 1st, 1989, Joe Ogura was arrested for an unrelated sexual assault and subsequently rearrested for the murder of Jonko. The arrest of the three others followed suit and other participants were soon identified thereafter as well. Hmm. Yeah. All four of the boys pled guilty to committing, and I quote, committing bodily injury that resulted in death, end quote, opposed to just murder. In July of 1990, Hiroshi was sentenced to 17 years and Hiroshi was arrogant enough to attempt to appeal his sentence. Judge Ryushi Yanase clapped back by graciously giving Hiroshi another three-year sentence placed on top of the initial 17. <laughs> that's great. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's right? awesome. I know, but even 20 years wasn't enough. No, it's not, not but nearly I enough. love that. Right? Yeah, keep you fucking talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep fucking talking. I love it. Me too. Hiroshi was denied parole in 2004, but can you fucking believe it, was released from prison in 2009. They actually released that crazy fuck. Wow. Why, Japan? Wow. Who the fuck oversaw that fate and who the fuck sucked dick to make it happen? There's a lot of sucking dick from what I understand <laughs> in, these, in, in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing. Anyway. Right. I mean, I've heard watch movies and stuff. There's right? a lot of sucking dick. There's a lot. So I'm guessing there was a lot of that going on. Probably. It doesn't even reach your molars. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, big shocker. In 2013, Hiroshi was arrested again for fraud. But thanks to insufficient evidence, he was later released again. For some fucking reason, that same judge only sentenced Shinji to five to nine. The parents who aided in covering up the whole ordeal weren't charged, which is equally total horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. Another total shocker. In 2018, Shinji was arrested again for attempted murder, where he beat a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashed his throat. Sure, let's just keep releasing these guys into the community. Great idea, Japan. Yasushi was sentenced five to seven years, and Joe Oguro was sentenced to eight years in a juvenile prison. He was released in August of 1999, and I hope he and all the rest of them have had tormented and horrible lives, and I hope they're all struggling, broke, and have no friends, and die lonely and slowly from cancer. I say this with absolutely zero remorse, because Joe Ogura has bragged about his role in the assault and murder and rape of Jonko. And yet another big shocker for everyone, Joe was arrested again in 2004 after assaulting Takatoshi Isono. He beat Isono for four hours and repeatedly threatened to kill him, told him he'd killed before and knew how to get away with it. Ogura was sentenced to seven years in prison from that assault on Isono and has since been released. Just a scooch bit of more fucked up for you guys. Ogura's piece of shit mother has been known to vandalize Junko's grave, stating that she ruined her son's life. Wow. I'm willing to bet money on the fact that his mother is one of the reasons why he's so fucked up too. Probably. Junko's funeral was held on April 2nd, 1989. Rest in peace, Jonko. Hey, I've done some pretty fucked up stories on like crazy moms and like that Italian mom. Like this bitch just took the yeah, some fucking throne, man. Right? Jesus. Some innocent girl riding home on her bike. Yeah. Gets gang raped and held captive yeah. and tortured and tormented for forty days by yeah. her son. Yeah. And but she, she ruined his she, life. Yeah, exactly. She ruined his life. Bitch, wow. if you're listening, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. And you so are. is your son. Yeah. So naturally, many people believe that these sentences were far too light for the gravity of the assault and murder. Not to mention, they all committed crimes again, once released. These men should have been irrevocably sentenced to life in maximum security prison with zero chance for parole in their entire lives, and they don't deserve to see the light from the sun ever again. Maximum security is honestly too bijou for them. Or bijou, bougie. Bijou! (laughs) That's jewelry Jewelry. French. I know it is. (laughs) Too bougie for them. They deserve the pen for the rest of their worthless days. And that's my story about Junko Furuta. So what I'd really like to know... It's how do you really feel about these guys, Chantal? <laughs> you gotta stop giving me that look, dude. First of fucking all, <laughs> I fucking hate them. Yeah, every single what one of them. The hell. They deserve to fucking rot in hell. If there is one, I hope they die lonely, slowly, yeah. painfully. I hope somebody tortures them and butt rapes them like they did to her and everything and i hope somebody cuts their dicks off and shoves them down their throats they're not gonna choke on them though (laughs) sorry sorry fuck are you though i'm not like i said to you in my first episode don't fucking lie to me i'm not lying (laughs) but yeah seriously those guys can go rot and they're sacks of shit. fucking horrible. And they're probably still alive. I know, because it's not that long ago. No. And I mean, they were teenagers in the 80s, yeah. so I imagine they're still alive, unless yeah. hopefully they've died by now. 
by well, something slowly and painful. Hopefully. Hopefully. I hope they do. Eventually, they'll get theirs. Oh, and I did mention, but it's so sad. Junko had said to one of her captives that she regrets not being able to watch the last episode of this show called Dragonfly. Oh, okay. That was airing at the time. Okay. And so when they stuffed her body into that drum and filled it with cement, I think it was Joe who put in a recording of the last episode into the drum with her. And he told police that it wasn't because he had pity for her. Uh It was because he was worried that she would come back as a ghost to haunt him. How fucking thoughtful of you. To all the ghosts out there, if you exist, go find these motherfuckers and do what you're supposed to do. Do what all the horror movies tell me you're supposed to do. Right? Fuck. They'll get theirs. I hope so. They'll get theirs one way or another. They'll fucking get it, Or they're just going to fucking die and then whatever and then they got out easy that's true that or that could happen. i know i hate that i can't believe yeah. they've all since been released it's every just... single one of them should be locked up for the rest of their lives yeah never to see the light of day again yeah <sighs> they don't deserve anything they don't even deserve oxygen wow that could be the title of my story i guess don't deserve oxygen i don't know no. fuck fuck them it's just whatever. funny that i finally named mine and i know and i yours. didn't <laughs> <laughs> so funny i was like i'll you know do what she does and yeah i just did I and here like, i'm like Meh. that's fucking hilarious that is hilarious so have you ever heard about this have you heard about junk uh n- no no i've heard of some pretty gr- grisly shit but this one in particular i have not that's yeah. why i was like well let's see if i have heard of it but no not so- this one specifically no no it's one of my favorite stories, but yeah, it's one of the most fucked up. This one and then another one I'm going to do, I think, episode seven on the other one. And it was that the one that I'm talking about, like, not this one. Like, mm-hmm. this one is horrifying. Yeah. But the other one that I'm going to do a story on is the one that I told you that I wish I had never read because it fucked me up for a few yeah. days. Oh, shit. Okay, so it, you're actually going to do it. I'm going to write a story about it. Okay. It was. It's so fucked up. I remember when I reached one part in it and then just kind of sat back and digested it. And I was just like, I wish I'd never read that. Yeah. And it was like, fuck. So it's been staying with me for years. Yeah. And so I'm going to write a story about might it. as well. Yeah. May as well. Yeah. <laughs> Get it all out. Yikes. So, yeah. Yikes. There's episode six, y'all. Seven. Episode seven. Is it? This no. is episode six. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I know I'm right. <laughs> We just did episode five, loser. Oh, did we? Yeah. You're right. I named it episode six. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It just feels like it's supposed to be number seven. Great story you did, man. Thank you. Yeah, we both brought stories that we neither of us had heard of before. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, we both brought (laughs) new material, which is nice. Hopefully this was new material as well for our listeners, so it could be a I, I don't know if pleasant surprise is the right word. That's not the right word. It's not, term but you know what I mean. Pleasantly surprised, but Pleasantly this new murder you've we never have heard of. Before, right? That's the whole thing with this is yes, you're going to hear some that you've heard. You're going to yep. hear some that you've never heard. Yeah. But you're also hearing it from a different perspective. That's right. And I just think it's kind of cool to hear different people giving their perspective on it. That's that, folks. I'm exhausted. I'm tired too. Social media. Social media. Social media. So we have an Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. Instagram is My Ride or Die Podcast. Twitter is My Ride or Die Pod, P O D. Facebook is My Ride or Die Podcast. And then our email address, 
where you can send your complaints that we're never going to reply to. Or the other awesome stories and shit that we will reply to is myrideordiepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want to say hey, might be creepy, but just send us an email saying hey. It'd be sweet. We haven't had an email yet. I'm looking no. forward to eventually getting our first one. I'm going to be so excited. Yeah, we're getting like all like the dumb emails for like junk mail and shit. Junk mail and shit. We should have a prize or something for. Yeah, we should do something for like someone, that. Like the first person that sends an email. Yeah, we, like should. we should have something. Yeah. We'll think about it. We'll let you know. Some sort of merch or something like I've that. I've got ideas. Yeah, me too. I've already got ideas bubbling. So do I. Right. Let's let's go upstairs. I'll and cook. And let's brainstorm. Let's brainstorm. Fuck yeah. All right. We're going to brainstorm people. Good night. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.